Good evening. We are continuing tonight our study in Psalm chapter 23. It's so hard to believe I was walking outside just a few minutes ago before I came in here. It's so hard to believe that just a few weeks ago we were all snowed into our houses thinking we would never get to go outside again. But it's so beautiful outside. It's crazy how two, three weeks can make such an incredible difference. We're walking through Psalm chapter 23, and the premise of this study is the first five words of Psalm 23 are incredibly important and are the hinge for the entire psalm. David starts the psalm by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And I want to tell you that if you cannot say the Lord is my shepherd, then there's nothing else in this psalm that you will be able to say. It was only the fact that the Lord was David's shepherd that he was able to say I have what I need. It was only because the Lord was David's shepherd was he able to lie down in green pastures. Was he be able, able to be led beside quiet waters. The only reason his life was renewed. Tonight we're looking at walking through the darkest valley. It is only because the Lord was David's shepherd that he could say, I fear no evil. I will fear no danger. I will not be afraid. It was only because the Lord was David's shepherd that he was able to say that only goodness and faithful love will pursue him all the days of his life, and he would dwell in the house of the Lord as long as he lives. Now, tonight is a turning point in the psalm. See, up to this point, David has said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me, he gives me all that I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And while David has been talking about his shepherd, tonight we see a turning point in that David begins talking to his shepherd. We see in verse 4, even though I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Now what's the significance of that? You know, when David was walking through who the shepherd was and what the shepherd had done for him, he was bragging on his shepherd and telling him about it. But at the first thought of that darkest valley, David would run straight to the Lord and talk directly to him. See, David knew what it was like to walk through dark valleys, and he remembered and he knew that he had to go to the Lord. When even the darkest valley would come onto his horizon, he's, his eyes would turn directly to the Lord. I'll read verse 4 one more time. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So as we walk through tonight, I want us to look at three different things in this psalm. Now, these are very simple things. These are things that you all know, but these are things that we all need to be reminded of. You know, we so often know certain things that we skip over them or think that we don't need to hear them again. But the reality is when we look at Psalm 23, I don't know about you, but when I am doing my Bible reading and I come to something like Psalm 23 or John 3:16 or Genesis 1:1, if there's a verse that I just really 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 know, it's sometimes hard for me to actually read it. It's easy to quickly skim over. It's easy to rush through it because why? We think we already know it. I hope tonight as we look at, continue looking at Psalm 23 that we'll be able to slow down and consider things that we already know, nothing new tonight that we're learning. But I pray that the things that we already know the Lord would remind us of and maybe reteach to our hearts. 
Because sometimes as we continue in our life, the things that we know, we take for granted. And before we know it, we've actually forgotten it, though we know the words. So we're gonna look at three very simple things tonight. The first thing I wanna look at is this. In our life, hard things will happen. I know you're really glad you came to church tonight at this point and really looking forward to this message and this is the encouragement that you needed tonight, I'm sure. Hard things will happen. He says, even when I go through the darkest valley. See, valleys are low places. Here, some of the translations, if you memorize this psalm, you probably know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, David here, he's not referring necessarily to his own death, though it certainly would apply when he would come to that point in his life. You see, a valley is a spot that is, what, between two mountains. It's a low point. It is the part in the middle. It's a spot where you are squeezed in with no protection. You are vulnerable. You are being If your enemies are up high on the mountain, they have the high ground. They have the advantage over you. And in a situation like this, especially where David would live, oftentimes this is where traps would be set. The enemy would have the high ground and be watching over these valleys for the opportunity to attack. You think about something like the the parable of the Good Samaritan, how a person would be walking and robbers would come and attack in a certain pinch, pinch point and in a spot where they are most vulnerable. That's what we're looking at tonight that darkest valley, when our enemy has full advantage over us and we have been set up for a trap. Now, even though David knew that the Lord was his shepherd, David would go through hard times. We all know what that means, though. We don't need a whole lot of explanation of what hard times are in our life. David sure didn't. See, David, he was crowned and anointed, sorry, he was anointed king of Israel when he was about 15 years old. Do you know when he would become king of Israel? When he was about 30 years old. So from about 15 years from when the Lord would set apart David and say, you are the next king of Israel, for the next 15 years, he would run for his life a lot of times. See, the current king, Saul, did not like the idea that a new king had just been anointed. And so what did Saul do? He chased after David. He made it his life's mission to find David and to try to kill David. For about 15 years of his life, David was living under the shadow of Saul and for much of that time was running for his life. Later in his life, after he had become king, Absalom, his son, would revolt against him and try to take the kingdom away from David, take it away from his own father. What would happen? You know the story that David's Followers would fight for him and Absalom would end up dying. David would weep, say, Absalom, my son, why was it not I that died and not you? David was very familiar with deep, dark valleys in his life. What about Joseph? Joseph was a great man in the Old Testament, one of the few people in all of Scripture where the Lord does not say anything negative against him. And he was a great leader. The Lord raised him up to save the people of Israel. But even after he'd had his dream and a promise from the Lord that great things were coming, what happened? He got sold into slavery by his own brothers. For 13 years, Joseph would be in Egypt in slavery and ultimately in prison before the Lord would bring him up and fulfill the promise that he'd made to him 13 years prior. 
Can you imagine what that 13 years was like after Joseph had a word from the Lord? You can imagine what deep of a valley Joseph found himself in. Now, these are all we've talked about so far are, are valleys that people find themselves in, traps of the enemy that they fell into. But David would also experience valleys of his own making. Think about David and his experience with Bathsheba. He would commit adultery and to try to cover it up, he would bring Bathsheba's husband in and would what? Kill her husband to try to cover up for his sin and this and that. And he finds himself in a very deep, dark place. The prophet Nathan would come to him and say, hey, let me tell you a story about what's happened. He would tell him a parable about a, a wicked person that had done something. And David said, hey, whoever did that, they need to, they need to be punished. Nathan would say, you are the man. And in that moment, you can imagine the whole world just crushing in on David as his realization of him being the one that had wronged his people, whom God had called him to lead. That God had trusted him to lead the people of Israel. Now he was leading them in a very dark place. David would find himself time and time again in a valley of the shadow of death. David here was not talking about if he would experience a dark valley, he says, even when I go through the darkest valley. Now you've heard it before. Every one of us is either in a storm or we're going into a storm or we just came out of a storm. Unfortunately, storms are part of our lives. Everyone will go through hard things in this life. Hard things will happen. But we shouldn't be surprised because that's exactly what Jesus told us would happen. In John 16, Jesus told his disciples, you will have suffering in this world. See, we like to, to think that if we follow the Lord and we do what we're supposed to do, that we will experience only good things. But if you follow Jesus, the result is going to be suffering in this world. Our church has experienced some pretty big dark valleys over the last several months. Back in October, when Tim Shelton, one of our pastors and our friend, was in a triathlon and unexpectedly went to be with the Lord, nobody would have expected that. It's a dark valley that we walk through. A month later, our pastor would be diagnosed with a cancer that nobody saw coming. It's a deep, dark valley that we walk through. When I look around this room, I know some of your stories. I know some of the dark valleys that you have gone through in your own lives. None of us are immune from the, the darkness and from the hard times in this life. Hard things will happen. One of the most famous stories in the scriptures of tragedy is the story of Job. You know the story of Job. I want to read to you his experience on that day. And before I read it, I want to remind you, what was Job's sin in which led to his suffering? Nothing. What was it that led to Job's suffering? It was actually his righteousness. Because the Lord and it would speak to Satan, and Satan would say, hey, he's only, he's only loving you because you've taken care of him, you've blessed him. But if you notice in the story, it wasn't Satan that first brought up Job, it was the Lord. He said, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one as righteous as he. Because of his righteousness, he suffered hard things in this life. Listen to this. One day when Job's sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and he reported, 
while the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing nearby, the Sabaeans swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, God's fire fell from heaven. It burned the sheep and the servants and devoured them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, while that messenger was still speaking, another came and reported that Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels, took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when the worst of it all would come. Another messenger would come and report and say, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on the young people so that they died. And I alone have escaped to tell you. So here's the hard question that each one of us has to answer. When these moments come, what are we going to do? It's not if they come. Now, we will not all experience the, the grief and the sadness and the hardness in which Job experienced that day. But in this life, we will all experience hardship. What are we going to do? When that trial comes, when that valley comes in our life, the reality is it wants to stun you. That reality wants, that, the reality is that that trial, that valley wants to steal your joy, take you out of the game, put you on the sidelines. We sang the song tonight, Sam, I'd never heard the song, Till the Storm Passes By. It says, many times Satan whispered, there's no need to try, for there's no end of sorrow and there's no hope by and by. We've all experienced that at times in our life where we feel like it's the end. We feel like it is hopeless. The question is, what are we going to do when hard things come? If you're in this room and you're still breathing, which I believe is the majority of us, <laughs> if we're still breathing, the Lord still has purpose for you. Even when we go through hard times, the Bible says that the Lord has a plan for you. And the Lord does not want you sidelined. When you walk through adversity, when you walk through hard times, the Lord does not want you bowing out and saying, I'm done, and holding up your hands. The Lord wants you to trust in him in those moments. And like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He will take care of you. So hard things will happen. Second thing I want to see but I don't have to fear. Hard things will happen, but I don't have to fear. David said, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. Oh, that we would be able to say that with David. So often in our lives, we worry so much about the bad things that are gonna happen to us. It's those foreboding thoughts. The, we're trying to predict the things in the future and we're just sure that things aren't gonna work out the way that we want and there's going to be a bad outcome and we spend all of our energy and our time worrying about the future. But the reality is, is that that future's coming one way or the other. Now I can spend my time worrying about it right now or I can spend my time trusting in the Lord and following the Lord. My worry is not gonna change my outcome the only thing my worry, my fear is going to do is paralyze me from being able to follow the Lord. Is the Lord, does he want us to live in fear? Absolutely not. Now, fear is an interesting word. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about fear. And a lot of times we talk about fear. What do we talk about? Just the idea of somebody jumping out from behind the, the next door and scaring you and having that fear in your life. The idea of being scared, but that's not usually the way the Bible speaks to the word fear. 
Listen to this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So is he saying that we have to be afraid of the Lord, like he's going to jump out and scare us? Absolutely not. Now, I love, I love uh, looking up definitions of words, and I like dictionaries. It's kind of a nerdy thing about me. I don't tell a lot of people about it, but I like to look words up in the dictionary. I looked up the word fear, and there's four definitions that were given. I want to read each one, summarize each one, and ask you, is this what the Bible is talking about when it says fear? A very pleasant or distur- unpleasant or disturbing feeling caused by the presence of danger. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. A feeling of apprehension. That's not what the Bible is talking about here. A reason for dread. No. What about extreme reverence or awe? See, so we talk about the fear of the Lord. That is what we are talking about, an extreme reverence, a respect for the Lord. And the Bible says in Isaiah 8:13, you are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. The Bible is very clear that the only thing in this life that we should fear is the Lord. When we face these fears of situations and things that are coming, when we fear the deepest, darkest valley, We are taking fear that is only belonging to the Lord and attributing it and giving it somewhere else in our life. Bible says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He rescued me from all of my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy and their faces will never be ashamed. When the Lord is your shepherd, it does not matter what comes at you in any valley. You can say, I will not fear. Because you know that the Lord is your shepherd, he will take care of you. When you fear the Lord, you'll have nothing left to fear in this life. If you're following your shepherd, there's nothing to fear. Bible says in Psalm 56, 2 through 4, My adversaries, they trample me all day and night, for many arrogantly fight against me. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Now listen to how he turns it. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can these mere mortals do to me? See, David said, in, even though I walk through darkest valley, I will fear no danger. He had made the decision ahead of time that he was not going to fear. He didn't know exactly what that next danger was going to be, but he knew one thing. It would not cause him to fear. Last year, Pastor Steve taught me something about the word fear. I heard him say it when, his, when he was working through the book of Isaiah. He said, when you fear something, you are submitting yourself to it. Think about it. When you are fearing something, you are showing that it has power over you. And Pastor Steve went as far to say is that when you fear something, you are in a way bowing to it and setting it as having dominance over you. Now, what are we supposed to bow to? The Lord. Are we supposed to bow to our fears and to the danger that might be coming before us? No. And that's exactly what David was saying. David was saying, I am not going to do that. I will not fear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that the Lord God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of sound judgment. The Bible says very clearly, do not need to be afraid because the Lord has already won the battle for you. I was reading a a message by Charles Spurgeon 
and he quoted, I didn't know exactly who he was quoting. I couldn't figure out where he was attributing it. But he quoted this saying that I thought would be helpful for us tonight. He says, it has been an ancient proverb when a man has done something, has done something great, he was said to have plucked a lion by the beard. Now, when a lion is dead, even to little children, it's an easy matter. As boys, when they see a bear or a lion or a wolf dead in the streets, they'll pull off the hair, they'll insult over them, and they will deal with them as they please. They'll trample over their bodies and do unto them such as being dead that they would dare not in the least measure venture upon while they were alive. Such is the thing of death. It's a furious beast, a raging lion, a devouring wolf. It is the eater up of mankind. Yet Christ has laid it at its length and has been the death of death so that God's children can triumph over it. How much more can we say as followers of Jesus in 2024, even more so than David, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no danger. I will fear no evil because Christ has trampled over death on our behalf. And when we are followers of Jesus, we have received life, eternal life, and death has no claim on us anymore as followers of Jesus. When we follow Jesus, we can say hard things will happen but I do not have to fear because God is with me. Because God is with me. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Now, what was the source here of David's strength? Was it his own ability that in his past he had fought a lion? No. That he had fought a bear? No. That he had gone face to face with Goliath and was victorious? No. Was it that he was king of Israel? No, it was that he would not fear any danger because you, Lord, are with me. My shepherd is with me. David knew the Lord was his shepherd, so he had absolutely no reason to fear. Now, I have four kids. My oldest is seven years old. I have a second is five, and then my twin girls are four years old. In this life, there are a lot of things that might seem scary to my kids that aren't scary at all. The other night, my second-born, Augie, uh, he got out of bed in the night and was really scared because one of his stuffed animals was looking at him uh, in the night. So I had to punish this animal and help him be able to go back to bed. But there are a lot of things in the dark and in situations. Maybe things seem really big. Maybe things seem really loud. And there are a lot of things that can very easily scare my children. But when my kids get scared, what do they do? They look to me. I remember one time we were in the backyard and my grass was a little higher than it should have been because I hadn't been mowing my yard as much as I should have. And I had a, a hose that was running through the yard. And my son, my oldest son was out there and I was pulling the hose back. And in the moment he saw the, the hose move, he thought there was a snake in the yard. And so what did he do? He turned to me and just locked eyes on his dad. Why is that? Because he knew that if he could look at me and connect with me, that things would be okay. Now, when my kids are scared, they'll come to me or to Rose, my wife. A lot of times they'll reach up and we'll pick them up. And in that moment, they know that they will be taken care of because mom and because dad have taken care of them. That's exactly where David is here. See, he would face the deepest, darkest valley and he'd say, I will not fear any danger. Why? Because you're with me. 
See, David would run into the arms of his shepherd. The shepherd would pick him up and care for him and take care of any danger for him. David didn't have to fight the evil. He didn't have to fight the dangerous situation. The shepherd would take care of it for him. And I want to tell you tonight that if you are facing a dark valley, you don't need to face it alone. You don't need to try to fight it. You need to run to your shepherd. And you can say, yes, hard things will happen, but I don't have to fear because God is with me. A few moments ago, we read in John 16, that in this world, we will have suffering. Here's the full verse. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous because I have conquered the world. See, Jesus is saying, yes, you're going to suffer here, but what does it matter? I have already conquered this world. The world is a conquered, beaten foe already. There's nothing for you to fear. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, that you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace. For it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever. Because in the Lord, the Lord himself, he is an everlasting rock. Earlier we read the story of Job who lost everything in just a few moments. I don't think it's quite possible for us to truly fathom what he experienced in that day, in those few moments. But how did Job respond? We see in Job 1, 20 and following, then Job stood up, tore his robe. He was grieving. He shaved his head. He fell to the ground and he worshiped. He said, naked I've come from my mother's womb and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Throughout all of this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Job walked through a deep, dark valley of the shadow of death. But Job knew that he didn't have to fear it. He didn't have to to, to be angry. He didn't have to fight against the Lord. Yes, he grieved. Yes, it was a hard thing for him. But he would say, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth. And he knew that he could trust in the Lord. Even though what? Even though you slay me, he would say, yet will I trust in you. So why here in Psalm 23, why is David so confident that even in the darkest valley, he did not have to fear? It's because he knew his shepherd and he knew his shepherd's track record. He knew that the Lord had always been faithful and would always be faithful. It's a famous verse that David would write. He said, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. The Lord is always generous. The Lord is always lending. And the Lord's children are a blessing. On Monday morning, I had to get a, I had to go to the Memphis airport for something early in the morning and drop off a, a rental vehicle. And so I got an Uber car back to the church about 6.30, 7 o'clock Monday morning. So I've made a commitment to the Lord a long time ago that if I'm ever in an Uber or a taxi, I'm going to share the gospel. And if I'm ever on an airplane, he puts somebody next to me, I'm going to share the gospel. So I've made those decisions ahead of time so that I don't have any choice in the moment. I don't always want to do it, but I've made the commitment. 
So I was in the car in the Uber coming to the church on Monday morning. I began talking to the driver about just where he's from. Are you from Memphis? Do you go to a church anywhere? And he told me that he had grown up in church, but he had left it years ago because he was so turned off by religion and institutional Christianity. And so this, this guy had a, a pretty, pretty good understanding of the scriptures and the things of the Lord, but it was pretty clear that he uh, did not have a relationship with the Lord. So we're talking, the conversation would pick up and it would pause and slow down. And at one point, the conversation had died for about a minute or so. And he said, hey, tell me this. He said, you're a Christian? I said, yes. He said, tell me this. What is your favorite Bible verse? I said, okay. Uh, I said, well, he said, whoa, whoa, let me say something else. Give me your favorite from the New Testament and your favorite from the Old Testament. I said, okay. And so I said, favorite from my New Testament, that's easy, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And I used that as an opportunity as I talked then about why that was such a favorite verse. And I used that as an opportunity to very clearly share the gospel with the driver. I said, when the Old Testament, I said, that one is just as easy for me. It's Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Why do we not have to fear? Because God is with us. That's exactly what David said here. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? It's simple. Those are the two tools that the, the shepherd would hold, his rod and his staff. Now, there's lots of things that the, the shepherd would use these things for. He would use these to count his sheep and make sure they were all within the fold. He would use the rod to protect the sheep from the enemies that they would face. He would use the nook of the staff to pull his sheep and lead them in the right direction. He would sometimes use the rod to discipline his sheep. All in all, though, the Lord knew that the tools of his shepherd were for his good. And even though sometimes those tools would hurt the sheep, David here says, they comfort me because I know you're with me. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know if you're in a dark valley. I don't know if you just came out of one. I don't know if you're about to go into one. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what the next five minutes will bring. But I do know this. Whatever dark valley lays ahead of me in life, I don't have to fear. See, I don't have to wake up every morning and wonder, is something bad going to happen? Is this going to be the day that a tragedy occurs? I don't have to fear. Why? Because the Lord is with me. He will take care of me. He sees what's coming up ahead. If we follow the Lord, we will never take a step. You will never go anywhere where the Lord has not already been on your behalf. Does that mean it's always going to be easy? No, Jesus said you will have suffering. Does it mean you'll never experience loss? No, Job experienced a whole lot of loss. But it does mean that you do not have to fear. If you find yourself fearing, if you find yourself in a place of worry, if you find yourself in a place of anxiety, what that says to you is that you are not looking at your shepherd. You're looking at the problems. And David, like I said at the beginning, this was the turning point. He stopped talking about his shepherd, and he started talking to his shepherd. 
Because when he started talking about deep, dark valleys, he began looking directly at his shepherd. In the same way that my boys or my girls will look to me when they feel like there's a danger, when they're scared. And they'll feel the comfort from just knowing that I see it and that I am here. In the same way, the Lord, who is your shepherd, wants to take care of you, and he will take care of you. All we have to do is look to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are our shepherd, and because of that, we shall not want. We have everything that we need. And Father God, even though we walk through the darkest valleys in this life, we fear no danger, we fear no evil, not because of our own strength, not because of our intellect, not because of our own ability. We fear no evil because you are with us. Lord, help us learn to only fear you in this life. I pray that there would be no danger, no threat, no situation that would cause us to take our focus away from you and to submit ourselves in fear to any man, any situation in this life. Lord, I pray for anybody here tonight that's walking through a dark valley. Lord, I pray that you would be with them, that you would comfort them. Lord, that you would draw them near, that you would pick them up and hold them close, and that you would whisper your words of life to them. Father God, that you would shine your face upon them, that the light of your face would shine upon each one of us. Lord, we confess that we often lose sight of you and begin looking at the problems of this life. God, I pray that you'd forgive us for that. And every time we are tempted to look at the struggles in this world, that instead we will look at you and know that you have it all under control. Lord, that we do not have to fear because you are with us. Lord, that we do not have to be afraid because you are our God. You will strengthen us. You will help us. And you will hold on to us with your righteous right hand. And when you do that, Lord, we know that nothing can get past you. Nothing will escape your notice. And that we can trust that we are in the good shepherd's hand. And that you will lead us through even the darkest valleys. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.